Uh, this is a, a live, a good ground podcast, mm-hmm. formerly a live uh, a Daft Punk podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so we are it. We are breathlessly putting ourselves in the same sentence as Daft Punk. Breathlessly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm. I am. Uh, I'm Darren. I'm Devin. And Andy. And Andy. That's a confusing way to say your name, but 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 we'll take yeah. it. Andrew. Andrew. On my government. Uh, you want to tell them the rest of the, the information on your government documents yeah. to, the, to, yeah. the, to the masses? Yeah. Well, uh, just DM me if you want my social. DM, DM Andy if you want his social and everything else. Yeah. Just DM me if you want my social. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're back again. We're, I, it's starting to feel like um, uh, synergy. I don't yeah. know, man. The I'm feeling so synergistic right now. Yeah. Yeah. just made at me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, this podcast is about synergy. It's like, synergy. It's like when a company is like, we already make chips, so why don't we also make the dip? <laughs> With why are we letting Frenches get on the yeah, dip market? Frenches, yeah, dip market. We're Lay's. Why are we letting Frenches corner the dip market? Yeah, why why are we letting anybody corner the the? the They're dip already market? buying our chips. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just go ahead and make the dip too? Oh my god, I'm excited for this episode, you guys. Yeah. I am I'm fired up. Um this was a this was Andy's pick. Yep. And what are we going with today? Uh the godfather of house music. <sighs> Frankie Knuckles. Frankie, Frankie Knuckles. Knuckles. Yeah. Very excited to talk about this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. So specifically, we are uh, w- what we're telling you at home to listen to is the uh, Frankie Knuckles uh, 1999 Essential Mix. Yeah, um, but we're going to talk a little bit more than 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 just that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do want to say up front, Pete Tong sounds younger in the 1999. Really His voice uh, is higher than it is could, now. If you weren't on the guest list or yeah. whatever, you know, <laughs> just, he definitely His sounds like a younger man. So yeah. This is also it's a uh, Pete Tong. If you're listening, you're my best friend. Pete Tong, come to my birthday. Party. I actually don't I don't I don't know how regular this kind of a thing was in in the nineties, but this was not now now it like they always say like recorded live in the famous essential mix yeah. studio or whatever. This is uh this was a set that he did live at a uh, club in Leeds. Yeah. Once yeah. in a while they'll do uh you know, now it's more con- like they'll do in studio live stuff, obviously, but like I feel like now a couple times a year we get like yeah, Carl Cox's closing party, or we get right. uh, some like Carrie Chandler at, at Defected Malta or whatever. Oh, uh, what's the what's the club in Batman? Uh, Printworks. Yeah, they're at, at like the first week of yeah. the pandemic. They did they they let Camel Fat go into Printworks into an empty Printworks and do an essential mix from what's there. An empty like I don't know like that. Like, there was can't, a great like, set of Gorgon City doing a, a New Year's Eve empty in Printworks. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they shot it with a bunch of drones inside the. Uh, Inside the space, which is I really cool because they're swooping under the balcony. I can't wait for the first drone that does an essential mix. <laughs> it's out of the way. I'm uh, sure it's already happened. Yeah, yeah, right. The drones are way ahead of us. Yeah, yeah drones are ahead of me. They're gonna. Drones are coming to kill me. Drones are. Coming they can to see kill everything me. from up there. They can. They got yeah. really good eyes. They can see my house from yeah. here. I, I, they, can, they can see my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They can see my house. They can see from my here. house from here. You know when. Uh, <laughs> 
when Sarah Connor uh, told everybody that drones were coming to kill her, nobody believed her. But now we all just have to accept that as reality. Yeah, but no, Skynet can't. Skynet happened, man. Yeah, that's Terminator, you guys. If you've, if you've lost us, we've lost us. You've lost us. We're, we're doing Terminator. Terminator. Stuff. Uh, we are here to talk about house music and some of its earliest days yeah uh uh like the as early as you could get yeah the very beginning i was so i'm i'm excited about this one uh because this is i want to i want to learn more about i had a blast researching music. this one uh, uh i found like uh i found a lot of good stuff i was a little uh concerned it's like 40 years ago and it's like this underground scene in chicago i was like how am i gonna find but there's there's a ton of great journalism about frankie knuckles uh, in the start of Chicago house music, uh, and I had a lot of fun reading about it. It's yeah. like right over that threshold where it's already been lionized, lionized. in books yeah. and stuff. And I feel like I, I feel like there's a gray area in between where it's like we have not gotten to the point where we're lionizing some of the years, you know, in the late night. Like when we were talking about SMD recently. Yeah, we don't have a ton of journalism about those years yet. <laughs> you know, we didn't really touch on the fact that when we covered SMD. That like that's all that also could be suck my dick. Yeah, no, we didn't touch we didn't on that. Touch. That very very vital point. Yeah. Hey, uh, 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 hey. so we'd like to issue a correction. Yeah, yeah. A correction for our last episode. We got so many emails. We got so You've many. We got so many emails from people it's like you didn't also you didn't say that all, so all could also be suck my dick. Yeah, no, I'm glad that we're. I'm glad you called us out and we're yeah, we're we're, 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 we're big enough to own it. <laughs> hey, yeah, on the, I did uh, not sleep. Uh, on the apologize. Uh, on the topic of of emails, as always, uh, if 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 you're listening and you know something we don't know or you hear something you're like they're they're wrong there uh, or you want to contribute something or you want to just say hi yeah. uh, we do have uh, an email address you can hit us at alive at goodgrounddetroit.com and I would love uh, anybody's input on this one because uh, I did a bunch of reading and stuff this week but uh, there are a, a lot of people out there that know a lot yeah. more about this era of music and this specific scene than us. So if you hear this and you're like, I bet these guys would appreciate knowing this. Or about, if you were there, for or if you were there, yeah. yeah. If you're if you're a, a um, somehow a six year old who found this <laughs> podcast, well, I'm in a Facebook group for uh, uh, people who used to hang out at the Paradise Garage in New York, yeah. and it is so fun. Of course you are. To, yeah, I'm very I'm very interested in like the lineage of. Yeah. Uh, uh, parties and clubs from uh, like the early days of disco into house I'll in the 90s. Know. Right now. Not the last time you'll hear the words Paradise Garage. No, it's not. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh, but it's very fun when they'll post like a picture and they're like, do you guys remember this night? And 40 people will be like, yeah, I remember that night. Or they'll be like, no, I don't because I was yeah. on PCP. <laughs> also, um, if you are, uh, if you're just listening for the first time or you want to get to know us better, uh, you can check us out. Follow us on Instagram. Go to our website. We do throw parties. We do a lot of stuff here in Detroit. Um, but today, Frankie Knuckles. Frankie Knuckles. Take it away, Andy. Uh, yeah. When he was 15 or 16 years old, Francis Nichols Jr. did something incredibly dumb, and it turned out to be one of the smartest decisions he ever made. <laughs> you are so good at the opening line. Every week, it's like, boom, I'm hooked, man. I'm finding uh, sinker. Yeah. He, uh, a teenage Frankie Knuckles, as he came to be known to house music lovers around the world, was raising hell with one of his best friends, Larry Levon, uh, out on the town near his home in the Bronx, New York. The two kids had talked their way into a club for a night of carefree dancing, uh, even though they were like 15 years old, <laughs> which is different times, different times. Yeah. Uh, uh, standing on the street outside uh, the venue near the crack of dawn, Frankie and Larry spotted a pastry truck truck making their morning delivery. 
after a night of partying, nothing sounds better uh, than food that's bad for you. And Larry convinced his friend to follow him into the truck and sneak off with a stack of donuts. Uh, while the uh, so the drivers inside this New York coffee shop making deliveries, they get into they get in the truck and and haul off a, like a whole bunch of donuts. Frankie and Larry, their arms full of ill-gotten treats, sprinted away, turned the corner out of Second Avenue in New York, straight into a cop car. Uh-oh. Yep, caught red-handed. They were booked and sent to a juvenile detention facility in South Bronx, just a couple blocks. The cops arrested donut thieves. Yeah, is... the cops arrested <laughs> donut thieves. Yeah. That's how house music's made. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, retelling this story to Red Bull Music Academy years later, Frankie remembered pacing back and forth uh, in their holding cell, crying, losing his mind, terrified of what would happen once his parents found out that he had been arrested for something so stupid. And meanwhile, Larry is like leaned back, head against the wall, smoking a cigarette like nothing bad has ever happened. Uh, nothing bad ever happened to him. Uh, so the door opens and in walks a juvenile counselor who uh, was assigned to their case. And Larry and Frankie could not believe their luck because the man who walked in to uh, to help them through their case was a man named Robert Williams, who uh, they had uh, met and partied with before uh, at David Mancuso's uh, uh, private club, The Loft, um, uh, which was a place uh, founded in the, the 70s as a safe space for New York's gay men to dance and party without fear of harassment or being antagonized by police, as they so often were at that time at, at other establishments. So they knew Robert, not well, but uh, enough to know that he was somebody that was into the same things that they were into and to know that uh, uh, they were probably in safe hands with him. Uh, said Frankie, uh, when Robert uh, read the chart and saw what we'd done, he said, "You two are were, you two are so stupid." But from that particular point on, he took us under his wing and watched us closely to make sure nothing happened to us. Our parents wouldn't come and get us because they said, "Listen, you're bold enough to do something as stupid as that. Pay the consequences, and hopefully, you will learn from it." That's the last time I was ever arrested. Without those donuts and without that chance encounter between Williams, Knuckles, and Levan. Uh, that turned them from acquaintances into lifelong friends. House music might never have been born. You know, like people ask how to break in and they always say like, there's no one path because everyone finds their own weird way in. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a chance encounter. Uh, this is the exception. This will work for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go, if you there is no version where if you steal donuts, you will not become a house music superstar. Yeah, if you witness the beginning of a delivery driver's yes. day at the end of your night, steal yes. from him and yes. you will be a house legend. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. You heard it here it, first. It's and crazy. also for legal reasons, you did not hear it here first. Also for legal reasons, I don't recommend that. But you should do it. But I don't recommend it. You should do it. it. You should absolutely you should, absolutely do that, but you didn't hear from legally, us. Legally, I can't. You should not do yeah, that. I'm not a do professional. professional. Thousands of teenagers file a class action lawsuit against good ground for encouraging them to steal donuts. That's fine. Bring it on, thousands of teenagers. <laughs> I'm not scared of you. Thousands of teenagers. That's famous last words, man. <laughs> so... Six years after uh, this incident, Williams, Robert Williams, is living in Chicago. Uh, after running an invitation-only party called Us Studio, or possibly U.S. Studio, I'm not really sure, uh, inspired by the alcohol-free scene at the loft, Williams was ready to start a dedicated nightlife space in Chicago. Uh, and he found the perfect spot at 206 South Jefferson Street, which was, quote unquote, a nondescript white brick building with blacked out windows in the industrial part of town. 
he hired Richard Long and Associates, who had designed and installed the famous sound system at Studio 54, uh, uh, to specifically to have the best speaker system in Chicago. At that point, a lot of clubs and stuff around the area uh, were making do with uh, shoddier equipment. Uh, and the one thing he wanted to take from sonically from New York was uh, respect the music, we're going to put the absolute best sound system in the city, in the space. Uh, and they did that. Uh, so then he started to approach some, uh, or he approached an old friend about joining the new club, uh, which he affectionately called the warehouse because it was uh, a disused industrial building uh, as his music director. And Frankie remembered he origi uh, originally wanted Larry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which uh, at that point makes sense. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, Larry was the star. Uh, first, uh, uh, he made a name for himself first as a dressmaker for New York's legendary ballroom pageant scene, and then uh, as a DJ. Uh, so Frankie and Larry were clubbing uh, in their teenage years, becoming bigger members of the scene, and eventually they met legendary Studio 54 DJ Nikki Ciano. Who we recently just, at Spotlight. Yeah, recently at Spotlight. I, it was the same night as Ben phone. I got COVID and couldn't go to either. Yeah, yeah. If that, either of you guys are listening to this, come to my birthday. Please come to our birthday. <laughs> Please come to our birthdays. Nikki, come to our birthday. We've got three of them uh, throughout the year. Choose one. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been an incredible night. It was him at Spotlight and then Ben phone in an undisclosed location. Yeah. Thanks, COVID. Thanks, COVID. Jeez. Anyway, Rude. anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I am sad, sad to have missed that show, too, uh, because Nicky Siano pioneered some uh, important DJ techniques in the 70s, like beat matching, EQing, and introducing a third turntable into the mix. Siano uh, hired... Most of the people, when they say into the mix, aren't talking about DJing. Yeah, that's so true. I'm just pointing yeah. that out. Yeah. We are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. That's a phrase uh, used often, not in this context. <laughs> what if I couldn't handle that yeah. uh, realization that I just passed away right here? <laughs> just... I hope it'll be a lot of headache in the middle of my yeah. week. I hope it'll, <laughs> it'll be really frustrating for Devin if you if you passed out right now. That is my really. ultimate goal someday is to learn a piece of information so earth shattering that I just pass away. Yeah, That's yeah. how everyone Andy, does. Andy died from information. <laughs> died from new information. He couldn't accept it. He couldn't accept a piece of what was the information. I can't, I can't I, tell I can't you. I can't be responsible for telling you. I can't you. be responsible for that. <laughs> I'm already, I already, I'm already responsible for Andy's death. Oh, I cannot man. be responsible for yours too. That piece of information will go to the, <laughs> to the grave. Dumb bit. This is one of our dumber bits in a while, yeah, but I'm here for it. True. That's not true at all. Uh, so, uh, Siano hired Larry and Frankie to uh as decorators uh for the famous disco club the gallery uh which is a place that was home to debut performances of grace jones and lorlita holloway so uh, uh a very uh, influential place uh and he began teaching them to use the decks uh, uh so they never they never neither of them ever performed at the gallery but uh under siano's wing that's where they started uh to learn the craft uh, they both got their start at a place called the Continental Baths, uh, which was a, a gay bathhouse in the city. Uh, Frankie took Mondays and Tuesdays, and Larry, who was, again, the star at the time, uh, performed Wednesday through Sunday night. Um, uh, uh, Larry would often uh, be really late 
uh, to his shifts, especially in the week. Like he disrespected Wednesdays and Thursdays more, yeah. more than the weekend stuff. This doesn't matter, but after the Continental Baths closed, it reopened as a straight swingers call, club called Plato's Retreat. <laughs> That's a really funny name. <laughs> <laughs> like all, all, like every every one of the Wikipedia places for all of these places is, is like demolished in 2015 and now is a high rise apartment building. Chase yeah. Bank. Demo- yeah. De- yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. Um, uh, so uh, oftentimes uh, Frankie would pick up the slack uh, when Larry was late um, or, or a no show, <laughs> but, uh, but Larry was the star. Frankie was uh, uh, Frankie was the undercard. Um, and Larry starts to play more and more around the city. Uh, Williams remembers at this time, uh, Frankie had always been in the shadow of Larry, his boyhood, boyhood friend. Uh, so he wasn't getting a lot of gigs. He wasn't a great DJ yet. Uh, but when Williams approached Larry about, uh, the new club in Chicago, it was too late. Uh, Larry had already accepted an offer from a man named Michael Brody to build a new club and a rundown 1920s era mechanics garage. Open in 1977, Paradise Garage is perhaps the most influential club to modern nightclub life. Uh, uh, they stripped away the pomp and circumstances uh, of clubs at the time. Uh, there's a lot of quotes about people would be like, we would dress up to go out to Studio 54 and uh, have sweats and sneakers in our bag to go to Paradise Garage after. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Things like that. Um, uh, so they stripped away the pomp and circumstances uh, and made a place that people felt comfortable dressing down and using comfy shoes to groove and sweat with like-minded partiers. Uh, Larry, serving as the garage's resident DJ for its entire 11-year run, became its iconic tastemaker and perhaps the single most important voice to the post-disco sound of the New York dance scene. If I could go to any club in any time, it would be the Paradise Crush. Yeah. Uh, uh, for you, it's limelight. Limelight for sure. Me, yeah. If I if I could, if Doc Brown drove the the Lorian into my driveway. Doc Brown takes Andy to limelight. Yeah. On this week's Back episode, to Future Four. <laughs> he's dressed like he's hey. gonna go to limelight. Back to the Future Four. Is Doc Brown? Hey, if you're if you got the rights to Back to the Future and you want a prime script, we got one for we you. We ask so much of everyone. Bobby Z. We go. We just want a lot of people at our birthday party. That's it. Really. Bobby, Bobby Zemeckis. Bobby's. Give me a call. Come on, Bobby Z. Yeah. Bounce back for Bounce Pinocchio. back from your Pinocchio. Polar Express 2, now the train goes to limelight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, eventually we'll do a limelight episode. Yeah, it'll be a fun one. Yeah. Yeah, real fun. Yeah, real fun. Lots of fun. fun. Lots of fun. Lots of fun stuff. (laughs) Yeah, lots of fun stuff until like a a drug dealer gets chopped up and thrown in the river. In a t- Everything's really fun. In right a TV box, that. is that yeah, right? Yeah, okay, cool, right. cool, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, we've already got we got the script. <laughs> uh, having received a firm no from Larry Williams, offered his new club and state of the art sound system to Frankie. Uh, Frankie left his hometown and headed west with an eclectic collection of records, many of which to that point had never uh, been available at all in the Midwest. So Frankie goes out there for two weeks. Uh, we played twice. Because uh, um, the warehouse was only open on Saturdays, um, Saturday night to Sunday at like uh, one or two in the afternoon. Um, uh, And then came back and waffled a little bit about it. Um, And then he says, uh, Frankie says, they offered me a piece of the business. 
Um, so at that point I realized I had to think about what I wanted to do. And if I really wanted to uproot from New York city and move there, then actually when I looked at it, I didn't have anything holding me here. I figured what the hell I gave myself five years. And if I couldn't make it in five years, I'd come back home. So he moves, uh, in July of 1977 from New York to the warehouse. Uh, literally he, he, for the first two years he was in New York, he lived in the club. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, we don't know what it's. Uh, we don't know anything about living in, it. in uh, yeah. the venue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've all lived in venues. We've before. all we've all slept in green rooms here before. Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> green rooms, lofts, prop rooms. Yeah, sound booths. Sure, sure. Why not? Under Turlet. The stage. Yeah. Turlet. <laughs> <laughs> Turlet. Devin, have you we we met I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Darren, we can't we can't let Devin, I don't want to talk about it. We have to have an intervention. He he doesn't have to sleep in the turlet. You don't anymore. have to sleep in the turlet. I don't have to. <laughs> it's, not, it's affecting your personal life. We all agree I do not have to. You okay, cool. You as long to. as we're all on the same page with that. Uh so like the loft, uh the warehouse did not serve alcohol. Um uh, they had free juice and water and sometimes snacks for patrons. Um, What's that like? What? Just, just, I went to a, I went to an after hours club in Baltimore yeah. one time uh, uh, that was like this. And it was, uh, it, it was uh, ridiculous to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, we like, we went, uh, we were there for a fest, uh, for a improv festival and we got done. Uh, with our set and stuff, and it was like uh, it was late. It was after two, and uh, this guy told us there was an after hours club, and we went over there. Was it busy? Went up to the bar? No, it wasn't busy at all. There was nobody there, uh, and we went up to the bar, and I was like, "I'll have uh, like a whiskey," and the guy's like, "I can give you a cranberry juice." I was like, "What a what a response!" <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I'm a guy. I'm a guy who does not drink, and it's still it seems weird to me yeah. to go to a, a an afters without anything. That's just like all the. I, I know Paradise Garage and all the New York clubs were members only club memberships, yeah, no yeah. liquor license. So right. it's like everyone's there to do drugs. Yes, yeah. that yeah they uh, uh, they are um, everybody <laughs> provided themselves with uh, party favors that they wanted gotcha. uh, to get there. Yeah, I left a lot of uh, the drug stuff out of this, um, but it was something that Frankie was definitely conscious of, and that. Uh, um, he hit at the warehouse and uh his his own club that he built after the warehouse um was something that he wanted to uh keep like the darker edges out of there were clubs in chicago that uh were were like specifically like pcp clubs and yeah. stuff yeah, and yeah, he yeah. Was, like, well, and that's i mean that we, <laughs> like we don't have to talk about it a ton in in the context of frankie stuff but like that's I mean, Larry had, uh, yeah. you know, it's like, we'll get into it. Yeah. Uh, not, yeah, not really. Uh, I don't, but, uh, yes, uh, Larry had, uh, real, real bad addiction issues. That well, that's why, cause Larry was high in the booth all the time. So they always said that's why he played records fast. Cause it sounded slow to him. Ah. So it's like, they were like when he was like in the mid eighties years, you can go back and listen to some of those sets. He's whipping through these records and he's yeah. playing them super pitched up. And it's, I mean, it sounds incredible. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. 
That's all publicly available information. That's not. Yeah, not yeah. I mean, there, terms, yeah. You know. Like it was something he he battled with his entire his entire life. Uh, he had like a comeback in the '90s where he went on like a global tour, uh, and it became a big issue in like Japan. He like totally fell off the heroin wagon in Japan, yeah. and it was yeah. Uh, Japan's one place you are not supposed to do drugs. Yeah, no. Not at all. Uh, so every weekend the doors opened Saturday night, and the party, which had an upstairs, a downstairs, and a basement uh, uh, rooms. Um, uh, raged until midday Sunday. Uh, said Frankie, as for the warehouse, it was predominantly black, predominantly gay, aged between uh, 18 and maybe 35, very soulful, very spiritual, which is amazing in the Midwest because you have those corn-fed Midwestern folk that are all very down-to-earth. Their ha- hearts are always in the right p- place, even though their minds might not always be. Their hearts are definitely in the right place. <clears throat> and I think those type of parties we were having at the warehouse, I know they were something completely new to them, and they didn't know exactly what to expect. So it took uh, it took a few minutes to grow into it, but once they latched onto it, it was something that spread like wildfire through the city. Um, yeah, there's there's quote after quote after quote. It's always good to talk about wildfire spreading through Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> good lord! <laughs> okay, they named their they major did. league soccer team the Chicago Fire. The Chicago They're fire. okay with it at this point. They like it. They like it. That cow is the hero of the city. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. They got a fresh start. Oh, boy. (laughs) Bessie, right? I think it was Bessie. Yeah. I'm going with Bessie. I'll go sign that. Why not? Why the hell not? Why the hell not? Thanks, Bessie, for the fire. I can't imagine a cow being called anything other than Bessie. Yeah, if you name a cow anything other than Bessie. Fuck you. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing the pace at which we alienate our listeners. (laughs) Yeah, everybody who has a cow not named Bessie. I don't think it's the cow part. I think it's the fuck you part that I'm keying out. Yeah, we just just lost so many listeners who have a cow. There's a farmer out there who was like, he he was just over the edge of electronic music i'm starting to get turned on to it oh <laughs> no not not anymore they man. disrespected my hank the cow yeah so um uh quote after quote after quote of people uh who had found this community at this time who uh, referred to it as their church, as their spiritual center. Uh, it was not an accident uh, that the parties lasted until one or two in the afternoon on Sundays. Um, and people who felt like, you know, ostracized uh, from family or, or, or like literally not welcome at, at real church. Uh, uh, and they would find this and it was, it was their uh, um, spiritual center. Place to go sweat. Uh, yeah. And feel like a part of something. Feel like a family. Uh, and feel like on the forefront of, of something new and exciting. Yeah. As we'll see. Uh, Frankie built his reputation in Chicago at first by introducing warehouse partiers to uh, the sounds of New York DJs. Uh, the sounds that New York DJs have been developing since the early 70s. Uh, William said at the warehouse, Frankie had the space to develop his skills and style. He would introduce European imports and other music from New York here in a different way. 
he would edit the tracks he would manipulate the sound system uh and he added sound effects he would be playing a song and add the sound of a train coming through the station real loud here you're dancing all of a sudden and it sounds like a train's coming through the the building it was mind-blowing he would start the music out at a certain pace and just build it up 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 into a real explosive situation and then would calm it back down again i love stuff like the 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 train i mean that's 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 my uh that's my speed right there files uh listening you can find the specs for the warehouse's sound system and the paradise garage's sound system they have like all the diagrams they like donated a bunch of that stuff to a museum that's very cool yeah man you're right you're right that would be that would be a, a doc brown take me take yeah. me there doc brown so you love a good sound system you're which doc brown's taking you where I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Devin here on this one. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would go to Limelight too, man. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit out on that ride. You open the passenger door and you and Doc Brown are there, and it's like, get in. We're going to Limelight. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming, man. Sure. But I uh, I think that this is uh, I don't know. For me, it feels like I don't know. I don't know. I I I, I, I like this. I I'd like- have Doc Brown take me back to lunchtime. <laughs> of today, well, lunchtime yeah, lunch, of tomorrow. Lunch rocks, <laughs> the lunch, <laughs> lunchtime of tomorrow. Yesterday's lunchtime of tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. Yesterday's <laughs> lunch today. <laughs> That's leftovers, man. <laughs> That's just leftovers. You don't need, <laughs> you don't need a time machine. You can have yesterday's lunch today. Who has, who has lunch leftovers? What are you talking about? <laughs> If you if you have so many leftovers from lunch, you're doing you're doing meal prep wrong. <laughs> Dinner's big leftover time for me. <laughs> yeah, I have my leftovers from breakfast tonight. Uh, <laughs> too many scrambled eggs. I gotta finish them. You now. heard it here first. It's definitely <laughs> breakfast for dinner. Oh uh, yeah, I had to clock in at the toilet. <laughs> Today's dinner, old breakfast. <laughs> Oh, nothing about eating my breakfast from tomorrow tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the breakfast of tomorrow, the breakfast today. of the future today, <laughs> the lunch the of bre- tomorrow, the breakfast of the future yesterday. What if you? What if? What if? What? What will Americans be eating for lunch in a hundred years? Yeah, good question, man. Uh, Each other. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's oh, uh, that's that movie, Mad Max. Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, it is. Green, uh, green. Get him to the Greek. Soylent Green. Soylent Green. It is. That is. Actually. Get him to the Soylent Greek. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I like that one. I'm on board. Yeah, we you can, would like that we one. Can take a breath. <laughs> I support that wordplay. That's I think exactly my brain's right softening up Spl- as the episode goes on. Splice Magazine has a wonderful history uh, of the warehouse nightclub. Uh, in it, uh, this is an excerpt. Disco had waned in popularity, but its spirit lived on in the warehouse. Knuckles' uh, choice tracks included uh, Mainline by Black Ivory, First Choices, Never uh, Let No Man Put Asunder, and tracks by Grace Jones, Giorgio Moroto, Yoko Ono, and more. It was such a wide variety of music that I used to play uh, that I used to play there because it was all um, because it wasn't just all R and B and soul. Frankie remembers. I mean, a little bit of reggae uh, around the edges some really deep soul i mean literally just anything however much of the music didn't fall on a a four on the uh, four on the floor groove a quintessential meter on the dance floor so uh frankie was a great curator of many genres but jumping from sound to sound make different grooves different bpms nothing to glue it all together uh enter 
DJ Jesse Saunders on and on. Uh, it was inspired by the work of Knuckles. Uh, it is a uh, it uh, it has a sample from the song Player One by Space Invaders. And Saunders aimed to marry a funky, soulful disco track with a hypnotic electronic beat. Many records at the time included a locked groove, a drum loop uh, to close out the tracks that made it for easier mixing. But Saunders expanded on the idea by adding a Roland 808 drum machine, a TB3 TB303 baseline and a Korg Poly 61 uh, to the track. Let's hear a little bit of this now. Uh, This is Jesse Saunders on and on. Now you're speaking my language. Yeah. Uh, this is widely considered to be the first ever house music song pressed on vinyl. Wow. Yeah. Uh, a new sound was invented. Pulsating electronic kicks married to the grooves of disco, funk, and soul. Several, not legally. Not legally. Uh, it legally in my America, to uh, my America, different kinds of music will be allowed to marry each other. Yeah. Mm. That's, I mean, that's DJing, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Several DJs had different techniques for creating it. Uh, uh, they could do it live, pairing records with beat tracks that included repetitive drum loops, or they could produce edits themselves in a studio, crafting the remix beforehand and printing it onto 12 inches. Uh, um, so uh, there's a, a ton of... Uh, music r- right from this time people starting to marry this together uh this is one uh uh this is cashmere brighter days yeah that's green velvet yeah yep that's a lot of, uh, and we'll get into it when we talk about the mix a little bit. There are so many, like even just like vocalizations, like like two millisecond like vocal things in that essential mix. And I'm like, oh, I've heard that so many times. Yeah. It's yeah. so hard Absolutely. to go, like, you know, it's it's like on and on. Like I've heard that, I've heard so many iterations of that. I've heard so many versions of that. And Absolutely. it's like, sometimes I feel like, uh, I've gotten like, oh, this is where it's from. And then I'll find like four or five things before that. Yeah. It's astounding how how far back the lineage of this stuff goes. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, this is the very beginning of it right here. Uh, kids started to go to record shops in Chicago asking for warehouse music, uh, at, uh, the stuff that they heard at the club. Frankie was mixing together underground disco, obscure, independent soul, muscular, European electronic disco records. Uh, I love muscular electro- <laughs> right? European electronic disco records. <laughs> Some of my favorite people are muscular Europeans. Muscular electronic Arnold. Europeans. Arnold. Um, he is, Arnold is, well, no, I guess he was. Yeah, he's a muscular electronic European in Terminator. Yeah. yeah. He is, yeah. <laughs> he really is. You're, you're not wrong. Bring it back full circle. Yeah. See, we had a plan all uh, along. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Um, so some of the other <laughs> funny. tracks he's using at this time are like Walk the Night by Scat Brothers, a little bit of jazz by Nikki Striker, Walk Double the Journey. Night is incredible. Yeah. yeah. They played it. I, I found it because I watched a Chicago House documentary and I was listening to it with friends and someone was like, oh, it's that song from Righteous Gemstones. And I went and they used it in the end titles of Righteous Gemstones. Really? What a weird song. Yeah. Go and listen to that. So yeah, so he's taking songs like that and he's uh, um, he's making his own edits of them. Uh, that's what he, he started off first was pre pre prepping them, uh, editing them on reel to reel tapes. Uh, he's doing it all himself. He's yeah, he's doing it with like Shaka Khan songs, uh, and all on reel to reel. On one trip from Detroit, uh, Detroit to Chicago, Derek May brought his second role in TR nine oh nine and promised to show Knuckles how to program it if uh, if he bought it from him. And. Uh, Detroit to Chicago connection. Detroit to Chicago connection. Derek May sold that TR-909 to Frankie, uh, and he started using the drum machine in sets in order to beef up the rhythms of the records he was playing. The combination of bare, insisted drum machine pulses and an overlay of cult disco classics defined the sound of early house music, uh, a sound which many local producers uh, began to mimic uh, in studios by 1985. As more and more people craved warehouse music, it was simply shortened to house music. There you go. There it's it is. And if you've music. got a 909 that you want to give away, uh, we'll take it. So just email us. This is an exercise in solicitation. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Zemeckis. <laughs> Bobby Zemeckis, give me your 909. Bobby. Bobby. Bobby, what's your synthesizer collection? <laughs> he's in the tech stuff. Yeah, he's got A man be. who makes the Beowulf movie. <laughs> yeah, with like a Morrowind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Morrowind. You got to watch that movie. No, you don't. I do. It looks crazy. <laughs> um. So, uh, yep, a whole movement is born. Local, A local shop called Imports, etc. Uh, was the first one that really started to carry house music presses uh, uh, from Knuckles, Saunders, and other local DJs. And Chicago radio station WBMXFM started the Hot Mix 5, uh, uh, which was a Saturday late night uh, house music uh, show uh, every week. Uh, and that brought a wider and wider audience to the music revolution. Uh, Frankie remembers driving through one Chicago neighborhood. He's sitting at a um, stoplight and just some like random dive bar, bar had a big sign in the window that said, we play house music. And he was like, there's no way that's like what they mean is like what we are doing in there. In the, yeah, it was just like, it's the, crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it, uh, it took them a while to even understand that it was like seeping out of their bubble. I read one story of a uh, good um, turn of phrase. <laughs> seeping out of the bubble yeah <laughs> yuck yuck i like to keep my bubble nice and tight <laughs> tight tight if my bubble starts to seep i go to the doctor yeah, i hope i hope so man. <laughs> i really hope so man. um uh, <clears throat> uh there was another story uh where frankie like went to a music con uh uh convention and there were like british journalists like hounding him uh, about like this and he's like how the fuck do these people even know what what we're doing? Um, it was because it, it would really it would really uh, uh, travel that far. Um, like these uh, uh, British music journalists, like then came back to Chicago and followed him around to the warehouse and the music factory and or music box and all these different clubs just because they were 
so curious. Well, it's just, it's nuts how explosive the growth is between the mid eighties and like the summer 11 in the UK. Yeah. And that's like, I don't know. It's, it's nuts how quickly all of this happens. It's yeah. really, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The whole thing at the warehouse was five years, uh, 77 to 82. Frankie decided uh, at that point to strike out on his own. The overwhelming popularity of the music had changed the atmosphere at the club and he was ready for something new. That uh, coupled with William's decision to refuse to give Frankie more of a stake in the, in the club. Uh, like there was a big, he was, he was like, you're the music, I'm the business. And, and Frankie wasn't about that. Last time I got steak at a club, it was, uh, Trump's on eight mile. (laughs) (laughs) You want to go ahead and expand on that? (laughs) You want to go ahead and expand Uh, on that? Cheap food at the, it doesn't matter. You can look it up. (laughs) Look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the power plant. Uh, uh, was Frankie's club. Uh, he opened it in 1982. Uh, he ran the club successfully for several years, but attendance started to wane as he started to focus more on more on production. Uh, in 1987, after five years, he decided that at that moment, making music was more important to him than having his own dedicated place to play it. Uh, and he decided to shutter the club. Uh, this is probably Frankie's best known song. Uh, it's Your Love. can't ever hear that without thinking about that animal collective song yeah um uh my girls yeah it's kind of yeah. like the intro right there that yeah. song almost the same that our it is the same it is it's the yeah, same and this for a while they were the start of the song yeah it is the for, same it's so when, when animal collective was playing <laughs> that before the record came out they were calling it like house song yeah yeah oh, oh. that makes sense one of my favorite songs of all time we know that. Yeah. We're aware of that. This yeah. one, I, I like, I know there are a lot of early house songs. Uh, it, you know, there's like Mr. Fingers and on and on and uh, uh, some Fingers. of the early acid stuff. This, when I yeah. think of house music, this is the quintessential like house song for me. When I think about like the beginning of the, it. Like four minutes in where the guy just goes, oh. <laughs> 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 like there's like four minutes with no lyrics and all of a sudden the guy goes, <laughs> oh. you're like all right all right <laughs> yeah. i feel like uh, you know dance floors you know now <laughs> with techno and stuff can have a lot of patience for things yeah uh and, and, and you know in house sets you can you can have songs it is astounding how long songs were then yeah like yeah. the like the original version of like the bomb by the bucket is like 16 minutes long yeah. it's like put it on and front the, to back <laughs> oh <laughs> oh <laughs> And then they would, and then they would have two of the same record, so that they could like nine minutes isn't enough. We're gonna play this for twenty five minutes. So they would like in, like in the clubs back in the day, they would they would mix this record into the same record over here, just so they could keep. The one. Can you imagine if Andy was like, I want to I want to play this for you. Let me tell me if this works. And he played, played one more time and spun it into one more time. <laughs> so it's like it's funny because yeah. like before the proliferation of uh like like molly it's like a lot of this is just people taking acid and just club speed so it's people who want to absolutely space out to this yeah they're like up and moving around 
but there are, it's there's a lot more i don't know psychedelia and uh and in, in some of the disco stuff like they talk about that in studio 54 it's like you go i guess either, take acid or whatever and like i, I mean if, if you're locked in then with the psychedelia or whatever you kind of want something to lock on yeah to more so let's than, go win it for a long time yeah you know <laughs> i get that i'm, I'm about that <laughs> Yeah, I've read I, about a I, lot of stuff. Yeah, like that. I've read about yeah. I've read about plenty of things like that. I've read about a lot of people experiencing <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, a lot. I've I've read a lot of memoirs. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I have to sure. work on my memoir. <laughs> Over the next twenty five years. <laughs> I've been doing little bits from Bird after reading his John Belkovich. Over the next twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear you narrate an audiobook over the next twenty-five years. <laughs> Tears about to spit out his coffee. Why are you uh, drinking coffee at seven at night? Oh I gotta God. play techno tonight, baby. Oh my goodness! Over the next yeah. twenty-five years, if you hear this in the next three hours. Darren's playing the UFO factory. Yeah, I'm playing, at, I'm playing live techno at UFO I thought it was factory tonight. UFO factory. I've only ever read it. <laughs> This guy has only ever read the word UFO. I've only ever read that. Uh, I thought it was called UFO Factory. Yeah, man, I'm into Bigfoot and UFO and all that stuff. Yeah. I got abducted uh, by an UFO. Uh, but the SIA the stopped me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Over the next <laughs> year, <laughs> Knuckles' legacy was cemented as the godfather of house music as he has come to be known. He traveled the globe, making music, remixing others' tunes, and playing some of the most awe-inspiring house music sets anyone has ever or will ever see. I asked my friend Rachel Parker, uh, the biggest Frankie Knuckles fan I know, to share uh, with me her favorite memory. Uh, so this is a story from Rachel, uh, uh, who is somebody who um, I uh, was exposed to all this from. So uh, uh, love you, Rachel. Thanks for everything. Uh, this is her. I, I like Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I was living in Chicago, five blocks from Smart Bar, uh, where he had a, res a residency during the last years of his life. I uh, can't remember how often he played. It was once uh, a month or so, uh, but it was always on Sundays. It was like going to church. Something that stuck with me is that one of his last shows there, he was doing, he wasn't doing too well physically. Smart Bar is downstairs in a basement. He couldn't take the stairs up, so they put him in a wheelchair and hoisted him up the stairs like royalty, and everybody was chanting, Frankie, 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 at the top of our lungs, and he was smiling ear to ear. He had the best smile. Over and over again in my research, I saw people referring to Frankie Knuckles' party at the warehouse uh, 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 or wherever that often stretched into midday Sunday as a spiritual experience. The community he created around the music he helped invent was so important to so many people. He is one of the most important figures in dance music history. He is a gay icon. House music is definitively black and queer. Frankie Knuckles developed these sounds and created spaces for people to feel comfortable reveling in them. He was a hero. Uh, Frankie passed away in 2014 from complications with diabetes. Uh, when he died, the city of Chicago renamed the street where the original warehouse stood, uh, the Frankie Knuckles Memorial Way. Uh, that day, thousands of house music fans gathered at Millennium Park downtown uh, for a pop-up show where Frankie's music was played. For hours, they danced in honor of the joy his music spread around the world. His impact on um, the American music history will be remembered forever we owe this man a lot i i spend 30 hours a week 
doing stuff because this guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. With if it weren't for him, I would not. This is where it all comes from. Absolutely. Yeah. The the amount of time uh, that we spend with house music, right? Like you're right. You're you're right. Absolutely. It's absorbed my life. (laughs) Absolutely. Man, all because he stole some donuts. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's it's it really was that chance, right? Like they developed a friendship with like who like who knows like your that your fucking guidance counselor is going to end up opening up a club in chicago and yeah. you're going to move do you think halfway across the country i hope so <laughs> yeah uh halfway across the country to, to join him and and then it's incredible make this yeah make this up i don't know that we're going to have a ton of time to dig into the specifics of uh the set we listened to uh we could talk about it for a few minutes here but you know we just wanted to pick something that uh you know our listeners could also listen through to get yeah uh, just a picture of the the stuff Frankie did. I, I'll tell you what. So I um, <clears throat> I put this set on, and, and I've I've we've listened to a bunch a bunch of, of Frankie Knuckles. Yeah. I, I I've listened to a handful of things that Devin you suggested. Yeah. I hadn't listened to this one until uh, until last week I when, when Andy picked the subject. Yeah. And I I turned this on. I was at the gym, and I turned this this on, and um, it cooks. I mean, it cooks. It's 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 one of the best sets I've ever heard. It's, it's crazy. One of the best house sets I've ever heard with like. It's astounding how we can go from vocal to vocal Absolutely. without it getting messy. Absolutely. And it's just like, it, I mean, th- you think you're at like the climax of energy or whatever. And he just, he finds a way to like, I don't know what it is. He like, he, he like sidesteps laterally in a way that like opens up room for more energy or something. I don't know. It's truly, it, it is just like, it is, uh, it is a master it is yeah. a master on display. Uh, it's you funny because like he he's such a proficient. Yeah, and it's like if you go back and listen to Larry's sets from the garage, he was not much of a beat matcher. Yeah. and was not interested in it. But he's also someone who like can really move the energy around in weird ways. Yeah. Like yeah. adding energy to a set does not mean playing something louder. Right. It does, and it's like it's it, really crazy how how he whips through it in this set. That's really that like that was one of my like 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 fortuitous take where like how is your how are how is your childhood friend like the most influential person in New York the New York dance scene and you become the creator of house music in Chicago yeah. like there's they're two lifelong best friends and they're like they're it's two nuts. of the people that we owe the most uh to about the creation of this stuff yeah it's crazy and yeah. the creation not only of the sound but of club culture yeah you know what I mean yeah because that is the cl- the club that's it you yeah. know and like this was this was the beginning of the like taking away like like i i like you couldn't go to studio 54 dress like that right right you right. could go you could go to yeah. paradise garage dress like that yeah i'm in know. sweatpants and, and, and a t-shirt <laughs> and, and i'm in, in sneakers right now because yeah. you're not uh, you're not going to the club to be you know it's like uh, studio 54 is a place to go get your picture taken. yeah to be seen and to like you know, whatever. Paradise Garage is a place to sweat. Yeah, and like, is a place to, to sweat. Yeah, you know, I think also, you know, uh, another takeaway of this is, you know, uh, yes, club culture, yes, house music, but also um, safe spaces in general. I think is something worth mentioning yeah. at the end protected of this. You know, queer spaces. protected queer spaces, which you know, th- th- this is another very important thing that shouldn't be 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 Absolutely. zoomed past here. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, um, uh, I'm also now very interested in learning more about uh, the loft and David Mancuso. That's a thing I don't know that much about. Parties were cool as fuck. Invite only in his apartment. And all of this, 
like all of this was inspired by the, that stuff, like the warehouse, Paradise Garage, Studio Fifty Four. Studio Fifty Four. It all came. All all of the inspiration for that was the loft. Um, so I, I'm going to look and see if there's any books or anything about he that. He just place. there are a bunch of there's a bunch of cool stuff, uh, and I think there's a documentary about it too. He died he died in 2016, but he was still doing versions of the loft party pretty much up until, which yeah. is very cool. Yeah, I'm like, uh, um, it's just it's it it's incredible. I I think like the one thing I am the like the deeper into creating art that I get the the thing that I really am most uh, passionate about is like making art uh, from a space of joy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, because so much of it is not. Yeah, I mean, created I, th- that way, and th- it's just like Frankie built an entire global movement based around joy and happiness. Um, and it, and it, it, you know, I think like it is definitively what he did and what he's built and things like this essential mix that we're talking about have like made the world a better place. And it's like when they say happy, happy, joy, joy, right. And Stimpy were correct (laughs) (laughs) in that, uh, uh, joy makes Uh, the world go round. Yeah. All right, I think, I think, I think that's, I think, I think that's, that's, I think it. that's it. I don't yeah. want to publicly commit to anything right here, but this is a personal one. I'm thinking about going back through and trying to slowly work through all the essential mixes. Oh you yeah, because it's like I do that. I I think yeah. I'm I'm realizing here that it is it is harder to talk about a mix on. Yeah, I mean, we Mike could, intelligently like than it well, is an album. And we, we, but this is a unique case yeah. because we are talking about we're talking the about Frankie Knuckles. We're talking the about beginning. the beginning of House. We yeah. have this is this is this is something not only do we want yeah. to, we have to cover I this picked, if we call yeah. ourselves if we're if we're, if yeah. we're doing our yeah. our, our picked, job uh, here. Yeah, I mean, I picked the '99 Essential Mix just because it's a really good one. But there's there's a couple legendary Boiler Room sets oh, yeah. that yeah. he has. 2012 one yeah. rips uh, yes, that are out there. That he has another. He has at least one more Essential. I think from 95 uh, that's out there. Just go on SoundCloud and, yeah, and put absolutely. Frankie Knuckles in and you'll find. If you are not familiar, yeah. you have not listened to one of his mixes. Uh, you're, you're welcome. Yeah, it's going to be a treat. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, I think that. Uh, and also, I, I want to mention there's a couple. I don't have the names offhand, but there are a couple of really good documentaries about the beginning of Chicago House that dig into some of this stuff in a really fun way. So yeah. cool. And like, like we said at the beginning of this, uh, I we know. We have it. We have like an hour. We know that there's stuff we didn't get to, and there's we know that there's stuff that we don't know about this. Uh, so if you love this stuff uh, and you have stumbled upon uh, this, uh, uh, share it with us. Cool. Yeah. This, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, it's worth mentioning. This podcast is not an exercise in a comprehensive history of things right. or an exhaustive. It's like, you know, we're talking about some topics uh, in the hour that we can. Yeah. So hit us up at uh, our email alive at goodgrounddetroit.com. Uh, let's, uh, we always close out the show with a, a segment called My Blorps, Your Sorps. Yep. Uh, it's always, been, it's called always, been, called it's always been called that. Don't check it, but it's always been called that. Where we each choose uh, just a blorp and uh, send you put it in your sorps. Yeah, you, you, we, we each choose just a, a song that I, we are, uh, a track that we I are interested suck in. Suck up right your now. blorp and spit it into my sorps. <laughs> That's exactly what we've always done. You're yeah. right. Um, who wants to go first? This one. Uh, I'll go first. All right. Uh, I've got a song uh, that I found this week. Uh, I can't remember if it's a new release or if it just came on my Discover Weekly, but it's called uh, Cisco by Ashy, and it's uh, 
I don't know. It's a, kind of a techno-y one, but then it's got some weird melodic stuff in the middle. I'm really excited about it. I'm going to play it this weekend. Cisco, like the guy with silver hair? Uh, I, I would hope that that's what they named the song after, but it could be any number of Cisco's out in the world. Shout out to Cisco and his love of for the- a specific type of underwear. There you go. Diapers. <laughs> Hell yeah. Some, it's so weird. It's just like got all this dark yeah, blurbling stuff You're underneath. Speaking this, my language. But then right up there. top, it's got all this like weird like malady kind of like steel drum thing. I like that. Very I'm bizarre. glad that you picked that one. That's yeah, a good I'm going to play that man. at Soundways this weekend. Sesame Street up top. Yeah. And friggin' yeah doc doc brown, <laughs> brown the well, i don't know man uh I'm gonna, i'll go next so i uh the day uh, as we are recording this i played uh i played a live stream last night uh called, called vibesing wednesdays with uh, uh shout out uh toter and aramis uh, and everybody over at uh, hydra records some friends of ours uh, i played their live stream and i did play this track yesterday uh it's one that uh it's one that is uh we found on a um it was a mall grab b2b ludes b2b be Katama Rinse FM set. Uh, and this is just, this is a track that I cannot stop listening to right now. It's got this bass line that just like, I don't need it just moves and it's got like this weird kind of psychedelic stuff in there too. Uh, this is this is a song called, uh, this is a track called Dancing by Step Steve. Stri- I'm sorry, Strip Steve. I love sounds uh, like that. Psycho little, my psycho little. I love psycho little synth things like that. Uh, I'm let me correct myself clearly. Uh, the, the artist is Strip Steve. I, I want to great name. Say that. Strip and you know Steve, what, uh, Katama Malgrab Ludes, if you guys are listening to this, to play another tune. Uh, we have perfect. listened to that uh, B3B set, uh, your Rinse FM one from September, a few times. And it is a perfect party set. There's Man, so much chit chat really over is. it, and, and we'd be like spacing wow. out and like vibing. They'd be like, Ugh. "It's so funny!" Like doing bits over the set. I, um, I I will go as far as to say that that set is absolutely an all timer for me. It is permanently downloaded on my phone, yeah. so I have access to it's it. It's an all timer. I can't believe uh, how often Darren actually like, panics if he doesn't have access to I it. Do. No, it's so, no, no, no. When we when we when we're uh, when we're doing a set or whatever, it's like okay, we've done we 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 set out to do a new one or whatever it's like yeah. what do we do now it's almost always now yeah Mal- it's Katama. so it's distracting so when, good. uh yeah i i tagged katama in a post about it the other day because there's an unreleased track of his on there that has this dark piano with this reverse yeah. reverb we're ta- can't wait I mean, we're all, you're like we're talking about like uh putting joy out into the world and stuff and with some like uh there's a lot of like 
sometimes people can get very self-serious about some of this stuff and you listen to that and you can hear how much fun they're having together. You better believe Evan yeah. Campbell's about to mix in they're another kinda, tune. They're kind of <laughs> like shitting on each other, kind of like fucking around with each other a like little talking bit. talking over drops and stuff. Yeah. It's really fun. Uh, you can just hear how much fun they're having and that uh, that is fun to listen to. I like when friends, one of my favorite things is friends having fun. Absolutely. I agree. What do you got, Andy? I'm going to play... Um, funny man, he just picked like a Daft Punk song. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna play <laughs> one more time. One again, more time. Uh, what do you got? Uh, I'm gonna play a song called "Every Man," uh, the Joey Negro's soul, Sal Soul Strut remix uh, from Double Exposure. Every man has a cross, only he has the bear. He's lost. That's the cause. When I planted. This uh, this segment is one of the best examples I think we have of how different do I want? No, of just Devin picking a Devin style, Darren yeah. picking a Darren style, and Andy <laughs> picking an Andy style track. Yeah, like that was right in each of our wheels. All in our pocket. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a good one. That's a good one, Andy. Yeah, I like it. It's I good. love tunes. I love tunes. Tunes. Oh, it's good to be back. It's good everybody. to be back. It's good to be. Uh, it's good to be talking about some different kinds of stuff too. It's fun to bop around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, if you're a fan of the Daft Punk thing, uh, we love you, uh, and uh, please stick with us because I think it's also fun to hear us talk about other stuff. We're about stuff. to take you on a fucking ride. Yeah. All right. Also, hey, uh, I said it before, but I'll say it again. Uh, we are a good ground, Detroit. Uh, so we do throw parties here in Detroit. If you're interested in and 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 release music, uh, if we you are do ooh, and uh, release music here uh, and do all kinds of stuff here as a collective. Uh, of artists and, and a record label. Uh, if you're interested in, in more about that, it's goodgrounddetroit.com or we are Good Ground Detroit on, on uh, our handles on all the social medias. Uh, please uh, show us some support. And if you're around the Detroit area, come check out one of our events. Yeah. We won't timestamp it with anything specific, but we're throwing stuff all the time. And at 2023, yeah. I'll, I'll timestamp it with the year. It's, it's a huge year for, for stuff we have going on. And I'm very, very gassed up about Absolutely. it. Uh, my name is uh, Darren Shelton. You can find me on the social medias at, uh, at the most Darren. Uh, I'm Devin Jetski, and you can find me on social media as Devin Jetski, like the watercraft. Darren won't let me change my name from the least Darren. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Andy, Andy, Andy underscore enthusiast. Wow. Another one in the books. Yeah, a good one. Not a book is a podcast. It's a yet. podcast. Hey, uh, we're going to keep popping up on your feed. Uh, we do not have a regular schedule yet, but. You'll you'll see more of us. Uh, we love you, uh, and we love to hear from you. Uh, we'll catch you. I am not willing to commit to, to any more. Okay, to, no, no, no. I'm not willing to, to commit to my my love okay. for anyone yet. And oh, I yeah. will let me get to know you a little bit first. Okay, hey, send if, Andy, if you have convince Andy out, to love uh, you. We've, we've had a couple people reach out recently. Uh, uh, thanks for doing that, and it's nice talking with you folks. We've got to have a couple cool conversations with people on Instagram and stuff. Uh, appreciate you doing that, and please always do. We love hearing from you. Awesome. Uh, we will see you next time. You're my boyfriend. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Alive 2021 is a member of the Planet Ant Podcast Network and was created by Andy Reid, 
developed by Andy Reid, Devin Rosenai, and Darren Shelton, with technical production by Darren Shelton. For more information, please visit Alive2021.com.